What's up, friends? Welcome to Web3 Academy, a place for entrepreneurs, creators, and marketers to explore and learn how to use Web3 to transform business models and create thriving communities. Enjoy this next episode. Welcome to Web3 Academy. We are here on the weekly spotlight. Super excited to be here. See everybody in Discord. See everybody on the podcast. As always, I'm Jay Hamilton, uh, and I'm here with my fellow host, Kyle Reedhead. Today, we've got an awesome guest that we're super excited to have on board with us, uh, Devin Sawyer. Devin is the uh, ex-marketing executive uh, from a traditional finance background, over two decades of experience in digital marketing and commerce expertise. Uh, and then, as many of us, he made the move full-time Web3, uh, founding some different projects, building some communities. Uh, I'll just give you a couple quick highlights before I pass it over to you, Devin. You can obviously do a much better job than I can. Uh, but uh, uh, he's part of the Defiant team. Uh, one of the largest crypto newsletters, over 100,000 subscribers across all their platforms. Uh, there he built a referral and NFT uh, reward system. So we'll dive into that today. Excited to hear more about that. Uh, he also um, cut his teeth in the DAO world, uh, working uh, at Bankless DAO. So we'll chat a little bit about his experience in DAOs and Bankless DAO. And then most recently, uh, he launched a new project, a uh, new NFT project called Legends of Cypher. Uh, and so we'll dive into that. Uh, and I know, I think you have a couple other projects on the go too, Devin. Uh, you're a man of many, many things. So uh, excited to hear about all these different things uh, and, uh, and where you're going. Uh, so welcome awesome. to the show, Devin. Great. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We're excited, excited for you to be here. Glad to have you, Devin, and uh, glad to have another Bankless DAO member uh, on, yeah. the, uh, on the podcast today. Shout out to Bankless yeah. DAO. You guys are Cheers. legends. Yeah. Awesome. So why don't you walk us through, uh, I mean, Jay just kind of gave a good, a good intro, I guess, but if there's anything else you want to add, just to add a little bit more uh, meat to the story, feel free to walk us through a, a bit of your background and your journey with Web3. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, like, like most of us went down the rabbit hole. Uh, for me, it was um, right about the start of the pandemic, you know, started finding a little extra time working from home and uh, spending it all in the crypto space was totally skeptical in the beginning. Um, and then, you know, for me, it was, um, Raul Paul, um, you know, he wrote a piece about what he called the Bitcoin being the life raft. Um, and so that intrigued me and I dug deep and was kind of like shocked and amazed to find out that an entirely new, um, that crypto wasn't so much just a currency that was operating on the internet that was really cool and smart. It was literally a new financial system being developed from the ground up that enabled self-sovereign ownership of your assets. And that like blew my mind. So, you know, I worked, uh, I had an amicable departure from the bank I was at. Um, so I, I left and moved on to uh, spend my full time in, in Web3. Yeah, so that was kind of the story. Um, landed in the Bankless DAO first. So I was a uh, subscriber to the Bankless um, community. That's where I was doing a lot of my research. Um, and then when the DAO opened, I was attracted to it mainly because I was hearing about DAOs at the time. And but most of what I was hearing about DAOs is really development-based DAOs. Um, and this was one of the first media DAOs. It may have actually been one of the first media DAOs certainly the first I had heard of. 
Did you get the airdrop as a subscriber to Bankless? No, you know what? I missed it. I had to buy oh, it. No. Yeah. Yeah, I tried every which way from Sunday to get a sneak in. But like, dude, yeah. you're just going to have to buy a bank. So I bought my bank and uh, opt in. It was worth it. Yeah. So for those, for the listeners here that don't know Bankless DAO, so Bankless is a, a, one of the clients that, that we work with at our, our marketing agency. And they had a big, built up a big subscriber base. And they, they basically just airdropped all of their paid subscribers tokens. And that token was the access into Bankless DAO, um, which ended up, I think now it's like one of the biggest DAOs that there are. There's thousands of people in it. Um, they've got a bunch of products that they're creating, just trying to onboard people into crypto. Um, really, really cool what Bankless DAO is doing. So check them out. Um, but yeah, walk us through walk us through your little journey there in, in Bankless DAO. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was exciting. It was complete chaos. So it was right. You know, I was in there the first couple of weeks, and um, I know Kyle, you were kind of watching things as they went. I remember I, I jumped into the marketing DAO, being the marketing or the marketing guild. Um, so it was pretty interesting because they organized around sort of traditional functions like marketing, at a writer's guild, education guild, all these different guilds, which kind of sounded like a corporate, a corporate structure, but there was still no hierarchy. So it was, it was total chaos from the way everyone was trying to figure out how to work together. And, mm. and the, what, what I found beneficial, the value I could bring was just a little bit of sense of what, you know, corporate structure could be, but also you know, not being a fan of the hierarchical side of the corporate structure. So, you know, somewhere in between there is sort of where we landed, where we had these functional guilds operating toward the same mission, vision, and goals. That was where we started, was really land the mission, vision, goals, make sure everyone understood on the same page. Um, but then it was really driving work out of the guild. So I ended up um, kind of taking a leadership role for the marketing guild, which was largely just creating space for people to figure out what we wanted to be as a marketing team, hosting weekly meetings, hosting conversations, taking notes, putting a little bit of structure and guidance around um, what we could be doing. Um, and while I was there, you know, we, we found some great people. We launched a, a, a pretty well scaled uh, social media program. We got, we onboarded a whole bunch of talent to start doing tweets. We started a TikTok channel. So it was, you know, it was exciting because what we did in three months was more than what most organizations could do in a year. Um, and all the guilds, from what I could tell, were kind of moving at the same pace, all finding themselves, growing at the same time, but maintaining connectivity and collaboration across. So as much as there was chaos, it was, you know, that kind of chaos that was sparking a lot of really, really cool, creative work. Um, and I think what got really interesting, my, my favorite story was the use of coordinate. So when you, when you think of, um, you know, the bonus structure where I came from was all based on your level and your performance and your performance was decided based on the hierarchy who above you says how well you perform relative to whatever they saw and how what feedback they gathered. We did a we we used we did a test on coordinate. I don't know if they still use it. I hope they do because I thought it was brilliant. But what what it allowed us to do was allow everyone in the in the Discord um, that was participating in the DAO to um, indicate through like everyone got 100 likes, if you will, and then you could assign so many likes. So you know, a guy like Frog Monkey, I would give 10 likes. He's been great. Everyone gave these likes out. And then the bonus pool of bank was distributed through the way the sort of the voting, which was really powerful for me being an executive because 
you know, I was compensated for my so-called leadership of my team, but I was evaluated on my leadership of my team, not by my team. Mm-hmm. Whereas this entire coordinate process evaluated the leaders based on a flat hierarchy, based on how people felt other people were helpful in the discord. And that for me was like, okay, this is like game changing. Eventually that is how corporations work. There's no reason that if I'm a VP of a hundred people in a unit that I shouldn't be, that my bonus shouldn't be tied to whether or not they think I added value to their lives and their work. So for me, that was a huge eye opener was the way we utilize coordinate for distributing a bonus pool. I remember seeing the coordinate as well. And I thought it was an incredible way. Cause then they, they, they drew up, I don't know if you saw the picture where they made like some like map where it had everyone's like, like faces or whatever, yeah. or PFPs. And it was like showing who voted to who and how many, how much yeah. went to these people. It was really, really cool. And it's also cool as it's open and transparent. So everyone can see yeah. like who's getting what, who did all the work and stuff. So it's it actually really interesting. Um, can you just walk us through, you said you're part of the marketing guild. How big was that? So how many people were in this guild and like yeah. on the other guilds, what are the, the, the sizes like, and then what other tools did you guys use to stay organized in, in, in structure? Yeah. Um, so, so when I was there, there was probably, I would see anywhere between eight to 12 people in the, in the marketing guild weekly meeting. And then, so they were generally the same group active. So yeah, I'd say it would average about 10 in the marketing guild. Design Guild, Writers Guild, um, similar numbers. Um, again, I was I, I finished up with them like in, back in August, so I'm sure they've evolved and have many more people than that. Um, I can talk to the tools. So, so we've gotten to the point where you know we we're testing out compensation structures. Um, we were tipping, so you know, tip bank. Um, that was a very powerful way to reward our colleagues instantly. Um, you know, we would offer a bounty like, hey, if somebody could write this piece, here's, um, you know, tip, I'll tip you 10, 500 back, that sort of thing. Um, but then we then we got multi-sig wallets. So what was really cool was every mark, every guild um, got a budget um, and we all set up a multi-sig wallet. And then we all got distributed back so that we could re- remunerate our teams for the work they did in the guild. Um, and that was just simply a distribution of the bank token to the multi-sig wallet. Um, but other than that, um, you know, the notion was where we, you know, was our primary wiki for the day-to-day communications and then discourse, uh, we used for proposals. So some of those standard things, um, and the team was like the, the development discord, I think they had like 35 people strong and they were actually all going through solid so they facilitated solidity training for everybody so they had 35 people going through um, solidity training so pretty powerful and they were building a lot of stuff um, like bots into the discord um, that facilitated automated onboarding quite an exceptional like if if there isn't a case study written about it um, already there should be because what they've done and tested and certainly in the three, four months I was there was, was quite a bit. And I know they've evolved a lot since. Yeah. It's incredible to see. I mean, I don't know how many people were in the Dow when it first launched, but it was in the thousands, I think. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It was absolute mayhem in the beginning, but like, I feel like it pretty quickly started to get organized and structured and like, 
I don't know. Now they've they've built a bunch of products and they're um, they're developing apps. I think. Like, I don't know. Do, yeah. Are you still involved? Like, do you know where they're at now? With no, all I'm not. No, I'm not involved. To the degree that I would know what they, I I know what they were building and they've likely launched. So I, we were started redesigning the website. I think that's launched. We've uh, we we were building an onboarding program. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, we launched the Bed Index. We partnered with Index Co-op and launched Bed, which was a Bitcoin and a DeFi um, index fund. Um, that was pretty cool. We um, we launched that while I was there. We partnered with the Index Co-op team and ran a campaign on that. So yeah, it was um, yeah, that was about it. A couple of uh, of threads I just want to pull a little bit more on here that I think are really interesting. Um, and so I'll, I'll present them both and then we can take them one at a time. One that I think is really interesting is you said that you were amazed at how much got done in a short period yeah. of time. And a lot of the DAO members that we talk about, talk about that. It's not always the case, right? Often right. DAOs are actually quite slow. There's a lack right. of leadership, a lack of, of, um, a lack of uh, you know decision making really when you have that right. involved. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that that speed that you mentioned and maybe yeah. um, uh, maybe to pull a little bit more on that. It's sure. it sounds like it's um, this setup of like these guilds, and I'm curious if you have this guild set up, which obviously allows more productivity at a small team level. How do you, how did, how did that also ensure that there was some sort of vision at like the higher level and that these guilds yeah. weren't just going in their own direction. So that's one yeah. thread. And let me just present sure. the other one and then you can take one at a time. The other one I think is really interesting is you're one of the few people that's left a DAO uh, that we've talked to. Most people right. we were talked to are either, and most of our listeners I think are interested in joining a DAO Right or looking to join a DAO, so I'd love to hear yeah. a little bit about your story of sure. why you decided to leave and what yeah. made you um, make that yeah. decision, and that might be a nice transition into perfect uh, what what happened next for you. Yeah, um, so I think structure did play a part. It was it was interesting because when we jumped in, um, uh, Frog Monkey. I'm sure you guys, Kyle, you might remember Frog Monkey. Um, he was probably like. I'd say the, the key thing that in a DAO for me is probably wondering, like, what is a frog monkey? I know. Okay. So probably, frog monkeys these these, these, these anon, anon students, names anonymous. are just, I, I, how can we not, how do you say that with a straight face? Come on. Like, I, he's been a friend for so long. It's like, it rolls off the tongue. Like, it's, it's for me, frog monkeys, like, saying David. Like, it's not. <laughs> frog monkey is this. Frog monkey is a pseudo anonymous uh, fellow um, who, you know, is an anon, like many of many others in crypto um he just emerged as a as a as a leader um you know just really taking accountability and ownership for the overall structure and organization he was really good at like for me example for example you know he saw me chatting around and, you know i was just trying to find my way and saying things and he just said hey you know we could really use your help getting aligned on the mission and vision um can you join a call so I joined a call with some folks. We got really behind vision and mission. And then we sort of spent some time promoting just vision and mission for like two, three weeks, just to make sure that that was stated clear, mm -hmm. was built into the onboarding. So the people coming in knew who, what, where, why, and how um, to a degree. Um, so, you know, moving from frog monkey to others, you know, it was, it was really individual leadership. You know, some people that, 
left of Dow, I heard would, would say, you know, it was kind of felt centralized, this smaller group of people. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's centralization. I think that that's just leadership. You can be in a decentralized organization and have people emerge, you know, be called to the task of doing the hard work. Like leadership is freaking hard, man. So, you know, it's, it's an unforgiving task at times. And just we were lucky that we had a number of them, like every guild had a really strong leader in a lot of cases, a backup leader. So, you know, for me, uh, there was a guy who was extremely helpful with me when I was leading the marketing guild. And then when I left, there was no one felt we missed a beat because Koros was his name, just kept, um, uh, sorry, Grendel was his name, kept kept the ship running, right? Um, so it was really, I'd say it was the leadership that emerged in the Dow first and then the structure second so i'd say yeah you need good leaders people willing to step up do the hard work put the time in um, to make sure that other people are taken care of and know what to do and how to operate in the dow and then yeah a good a good functional structure i think is really important because you can get a lot of scale teams focus on certain matter areas of subject matter expertise and then you know guy like frog monkey not you know he didn't lead one specific guild but he sort of played a role in connective tissue across the guilds. He was a guy that was worrying about how people collaborate across guilds and making sure that we don't become our own silos, which you know can easily happen too. So yeah, I'd say leadership first, structure second, and then cross structure collaboration would be the goal. And so and so was there a uh, was there a team or a, I mean, it wouldn't be a guild, but like, was there anybody, you know, you mentioned frog monkey kind of was across yep. all like, is there, was there a, a, a higher level leadership meeting happening? Yeah, or? eventually. Yeah. Eventually we evolved and um, uh, it basically became like the treasury group. So the overall treasury right. group became kind of that leadership guild that saw across, right. they were accountable for distributing funds to the guilds. They were accountable for approving proposals at the highest level that the guilds would all need to support and they would distribute funding to the guilds in addition to their guild funding they get additional funding as required to support the main projects that would approved by this treasury group so i mean it starts to look and smell like a hierarchy but the compensation structure is not based on a traditional organization that's what i really like about it similar to coordinate where people recognize the leaders none of these individuals could have got to that position if they weren't like good functional members of the DAO to begin with, they had to emerge as leaders in order to be seen as viable candidates for that because basically it was a consensus mechanism that everyone agreed that these right. individuals would be the right ones to fit. So, yeah. you know, I think they had like 20, 30 people put their hand up to try and be as part of this higher order treasury management team, but the community voted for the ones that we wanted. So. You know, I guess it's a democracy that, you know, right. is really what was happening it was a democratic hierarchical <laughs> process. So what, what's interesting, though, is it, it doesn't it's not like they voted in. Now they're that for like the next four years or something like a presidential yeah, no. election. Right. It's like they can get voted out anytime. Um, so it's like <clears throat> it is sort of hierarchy, but it's also like it, it's kind of a combination of a lot of things. And it can all yeah. happen in real time, which I think makes it just makes it better. Right. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it is. It's very organic that way. Right, right. And I, I think what's also cool is, like you said, it, it wasn't 
like it, this all started with just an airdrop of tokens to thousands of people that just had the same, um, same interest, right? They were just subscribed yeah. to a newsletter. So they all were interested in bank lists or in crypto, but most people didn't know each other. It just, all of a sudden we all just joined in and it was like, okay, let's start seeing who's doing stuff and then let's yeah. vote them in. And then if they fall off, let's vote someone else in. So it's very fluid, I think, which is yeah. to me, I think that's the best thing just to give people some context. This launched in, I think it was May of 2021, Bankless DAO. It is a valueless token, so it was worth nothing. And then um, today it's worth uh, a market cap of $8 million, uh, the DAO. It, when we were in like the bull market back in, I think like November, um, it went up to 40 or $45 million market cap yeah. um, in like, <laughs> what is that? Eight months or seven months or something like that. Not even. That's yeah. just incredible to me. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you when did you begin to exit out of, of Bankless DAO? Yeah, it was um, in the summer. So I think August by September, I was fully, fully exited. It was partly because I uh, was also hanging out in the Defiant Discord. Um, and I got to know Cammy, and I really got to appreciate the work she was doing. And I was a big fan of her book. And um, so I was sort of helping out there. And then she had a role open up for... Um, growth so she was going to hire a head of growth and I, I I applied but didn't apply I sent basically a message saying hey I'd love to help you out with growth I'm not looking to take a full-time gig um, so she asked if I would just join the team and, and help um, so became a, a kind of a paid consultation sort of gig um, and I just didn't feel I could do both really well um, and I had a great time at Bankless Dow and I knew for sure that you know they were in great hands so yeah, I took the opportunity to go over to Defiant and um, yeah, I've been, been working there for Cami um, on a part-time basis ever since. That's awesome. So can you walk us through, um, first, I guess, maybe just to explain to some people what Defiant is for those who yeah. don't know, and then, uh, and then maybe just give us a, a rundown of what you've been working on with them. Cool. Yeah, so Defiant, uh, similar to Bankless, they're, they're, they started out as a newsletter. So Cammy started a newsletter on crypto. She was a Bloomberg analyst, um, was covering crypto at Bloomberg, um, kind of part-time. And I think she actually approached them and asked if, uh, and suggested that they have a, a desk for it. And they weren't at the time ready to <laughs> dedicate anyone to crypto yet. They have now, but at the time they weren't. She was well ahead of the game. So, um, so yeah, she, she started off on this journey with a pretty basic uh, newsletter um, and grew it from there, you know, to, to multimedia news, journalistic, uh, you know, journalistic integrity for sure. That's their number one ethos is they really, you know, want to maintain that um, they're really unbiased. You know, Cami will say, you know, unbiased about crypto, but biased for crypto. So, you know, believes decentralized finance is the way of the future, um, but is not biased to any one protocol, project, platform, blockchain, whatever. Um, so, you know, I really appreciated that. And she had some really strong vision about um, where she wanted to take the organization. So I jumped in. She needed help with growth. She wanted to launch a referral campaign, um, you know, traditional Web2 email referral campaign for the newsletter. Um, but she also had ideas for um, an NFT reward system. So we actually partnered with um, Viral Loops, which would be your Web 2.0 email um, email referral provider. And we partnered with Galaxy, which was an NFT provider. 
uh, and Metafactory because we wanted to have the NFTs have utility so you could redeem them for physical merchandise. So my job was to lead a project to build this as a capability working across these four partners, if you will, to find Galaxy, Viral Loops, um, and Metafactory. And so, yeah, we basically, you know, used the, the infrastructure or the, the out-of-the-box solution for Viral Loops. So that's how we got, you know, people, um, our existing subscribers to get their own unique referral code, refer other people. And then every time you got a referral, um, we were counting that in the back end. And when you got five referrals, that got you the uh, friend of the defined NFT. And if you mm -hmm. got 10 referrals, um, you got the ambassador. There was three levels of ambassador keys, um, like um, throw to the J key. I forget them now, but ready player one was mm -hmm. the kind of throw to. Um, and then, yeah, so in, in each level had different, you know, for the, for the first one, you could redeem at Metafactory for a defiant mug hat, hoodie, all the way up to really dope bomber jacket, actually. Um, so it was, um, and the cool thing about it was it, it was a, it's an immutable reward system. So, you know, as I reach each level, you know, our future plans were not only to allow you to redeem for cool defiant merchandise, but it could be more utility. So, you know, if you were, you know, you reached 100 referrals and you were a defiant one, we would have different rewards or different access. You know, you might get your paid subscription for free. So it was something that we built so that it could scale and to be a web three um, reward system because of the NFT um, infrastructure behind it. Um, not without its challenges for sure. Um, you know, trying to make a web, I called it like a web 2.5 bridge um, that always felt like it had a crack in it somewhere. Um, but it worked. Um, the team's still managing it, running it today. It's really still running as a beta. Like we launched it as a beta, really to beg for forgiveness from, from our customers because, you know, we didn't know how well this would work. We knew we'd have problems. Um, so it still runs today uh, as a beta, in fact. But, um, you know, the, once they build kind of, you know, better pipes between the three partners, um, I think it's something that can really scale a referral to NFT reward system. So is it not fully, uh, cause they automated or integrated right now? Like, did you have to do some manual stuff to allow this to work? Yeah, or? there's a lot of manual backend activity required to, yeah. Cause you've got to use the viral loop system. The power of them is they've got a great fraud detection system that allows you to get clean, um, referrals, but that's a manual effort to manage that. Then you've got to approve the, the good referrals versus the bad ones. Then that goes to one system and then. Galaxy team will read that file and say, okay, these are the whitelisted. Then, then the user can go claim the NFT. Then once you claim the NFT, you get a unique code that you can go redeem at Metafactory and you take the NFT there. So yeah, hence beta, you know, we had, yeah, right. you know, we had some loops. We had like a, it was like a five page user guide um, <laughs> to get through the process, but um, you know, the community loved it. You know, when yeah, they- I was gonna ask, what did it- That's what I was, yeah. They loved they it. Get, like the, yeah. Did they get feedback and stuff? Like, what did they say? What did they say they liked about it? Other than it's probably complicated. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, complicated. doesn't always work. Sometimes I'm slow to get my approval. You know, I know I got, because, you know, viral loops would tell me I got my five referrals, yet I go to the Galaxy site and I can't claim it yet. 
And that was simply time lapse between somebody giving the approval and the individual reaching five referrals. So, you know, typical um, kind of time delay sort of complaints. Um, and then some people just, you know, get caught up in the fraud system. Because if you're a Web3 person, and maybe a coder and developer, you've got all kinds of things going on in your machine. And then, you know, the, the viral loop system gets a little worried and might flag you as fraud when you're not. Right. So, you know, some of those kind of challenges, um, but the learnings were, were significant. Um, so I know the team's going to take those. And I know Matterfactory, uh, Viral Loops, and um, Galaxy all continue to talk. So I'm sure they're building APIs or connectors to, to automate this for the future. So it was exciting to be a part of it. That's super cool. Was there anything that stood out on the positive side? Like we talked about what didn't work. Anything that that you're saying did work or was it just people liked it because it was new and it was like, it was an NFT. So it's kind of cool, but was there yeah. anything? It did yeah. I well, I think that, I think the, the instant reward of the NFT um, was powerful as much as we had that time delay. Um, you know, if it was synced up well, it was pretty, pretty neat that, you know, as soon as you hit the fifth referral, you're claiming and minting your own NFT for it. Mm. And then that, that NFT knowing that that, um, being an immutable artifact on your wallet, you can instantly redeem it at Metafactory for merch. Um, and then our, just, just as a, an organization, knowing, trusting the way that the non-fungible token, all tokens work, just knowing that once the customer, the, the client had that was that we could add rewards to that in the future, mm. we could build on right. that. So it was really exciting from that perspective. And the NFTs looked really cool. Like we had really nice, really neat designs um, and everyone was excited about that. So was yeah. the um, NFT made in a way like a PO app where it wasn't, you're not able to like send it or sell it, or is it one that like could actually accrue some sort of value? Yeah, you could sell it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. See, that's one of the, and, that's one of the cool features of it all, right? Is like, yes, you can claim it for, I don't know, a mug, or maybe you don't want the mug, but someone else does. So you can also just yeah. like sell it, right? That's what yeah. Web2 doesn't offer. So I love that. Exactly. Yeah. And, and what about the results on uh, any, any boost that you saw to subscribers to the Defiant? Yeah. Was it an effective program in that way? Yeah, I mean, it was tough to measure um, because there was so much fraud to 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 wade through and understand. But overall, yeah, we were we were putting on a pretty a pretty good push there. You know, I think we went from uh, forty to fifty five. Like, I think we added fifteen thousand subs. I mean, with our or normal organic growth rate, it's hard to separate that from from the right. from the from the total. Yeah, um, but yeah, we saw we saw definitely definitely some growth. Interesting, and. Any, I don't know if you guys, like if the team talked at all, but just curious, like, where do you go with that next? Or where might they go with that next? Did any ideas come up? Just if listeners are thinking about doing this, I'm just yeah. wondering, like, where, where can you go and, and continue to build value back to the, to the community? Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to, um, we wanted to add, like make, bring more, bring more utility to it from the perspective of, cause not everybody, you know, had to get 15 referrals or 20 or let alone 50 referrals. So our idea was what we wanted to do was build um, sort of participation mechanism. So, you know, run a, run a, run a, run a discord anal analysis on people that were active in various uh, in the discord and maybe give them a friend of the defined NFT, right? Here's five equal, equal to five referrals. Go ahead and mint. Thank you for all of your uh, conversation and contribution and providing subject matter expertise in the Discord. 
um, or using POAPs. So we would give POAPs out if you join jam sessions, community calls. The next plan was allow for if you collected five, you know, maybe every every participation POAP was equal to a referral. So you you know we would work with Galaxy and then five POAPs could could be converted to uh, a referral okay. NFT. So yeah, we had the vision of that it would be the NFT would be a reward system for all the behaviors that we wanted to see from our community, not just referrals for growth. Yeah, I can imagine it being useful for uh, surveying or customer feedback as well. If you yeah. wanted to, you know, that's something that everybody's always looking for. Uh, yeah, and there it's you go. Tough, to re- tough to reward people for that, yeah. right? Other than the classic, like you could win a $50 Amazon gift card is right. I feel yeah. like the web two way of doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, would have, yeah the, the examples like that are exactly the types of things we can do. Interesting. So uh, now you're working on your own NFT project, or maybe it's even yep. more than one. Um, why don't you, unless you have anything else you want to add about about what you did uh, with Defiant, I would love to hear kind of where you're at now and what you're building sure, up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, finish off the, so Defiant right now, I do sponsorship and partnership. So folks want to, um, pay for sponsoring the client. I manage that program. Uh, and then I support partnerships. So, you know, when people want to come and, um, you know, a lot of conferences want to just cross promote, you know, we do some mm-hmm. of that. Um, anytime there's strategic ideas that, you know, there might be a win-win situation with another uh, Web3 organization, I'll negotiate and work through those opportunities. Um, and then, yeah, so yeah, I've also, so the Legends of Cypher is, a, is an NFT project um, that I've been in. I actually met the folks that I work with in the Bankless DAO, who was actually um, a writer in the project, was kind of writing some narrative about this idea he had for a story that would be really a futuristic scientific story um, about a fellow named Hash who invents this technology called Cypher. Um, which said in the future was sort of like today's cryptocurrency. Um, and so, you know, we were kind of trying to think, well, you know, I don't know how well this resonate with, you know, marketing context, you know, we were talking about it in the marketing guild. Um, and it wasn't just something that was landing well, um, as a, as a campaign or anything that we could do to promote, uh, bankless. And so a few of us said, well, that's fine, but the story is really cool. Let's talk about it offline. So we just, you know, hopped on, created another server, and started talking about this this universe in the future um, that we created. Where basically what we did was we we imagined if sort of central bank, central government, the way Web two, that sort of paradigm that we have today, largely in North America and other parts of the world. Imagining we extrapolated that, abstracted that into ten thousand years in the future. If that sort of model prevailed, what would it look like? And so we invented this um, uh, future where um, all the all the planets, corporations came together and formed uh, something called the Centopoli, which is a large corporatocracy that basically manages the known universe through a central organized structure, and everyone aligns to one simple metric. So similar to social scoring in China. Um, or your, you know, financial scoring, um, your credit score. Imagine mm-hmm. all that was combined, but it was all aligned to one seemingly human mission, 
right? Mm -hmm. To propagate and progress humankind. That everyone would gravitate and say, yeah, I'll buy into the metric because the metric rewards you with how better technology, better money, better money, better, better, better. Mm -hmm. um, so we invented this metric that runs the entire known universe through this entity called the Centopoly, which is basically an empire. Um, and so that's sort of the way we see central banks, central governments today. And there's hash and the Cypherians and hash has invented this technology called Cypher, which raises the level of people's consciousness to a degree that allows them to understand that they're hooked on the metric um, and that there might be other alternatives for the metric. And then the Cypher is also technology, a new financial system um, and a new um a new transportation system that can operate outside of the Centopoly control. So it's this big, massive universe. We spent eight months kind of laying the infrastructure about it, how it works, how it functions, um, you know, what the metrics is. There's, you know, we've written an entire report about how it works and how it functions and how it's designed um, and how Cypher technology works. And, and we've just been building, kind of inspired by some of the storytelling um, ventures out there. So we're going to, our main through line will be a set of comics. So, you know, edition one to chapter one, two, three, and so on. Um, so we launched the universe, just a bit of a test market, just launched a website that was just espousing some of the philosophies between Synthopoly and um, Cypherians through our lead characters, Malarian and Hash. You can see those now, I guess, uh, Jay, you were talking, that's what you would have seen on the mm -hmm. page. Um, and so this Thursday, we're launching the first NFT, which is a um, Thursday, you'll be able to go to legendsofcypher.io, read the book for free um, on a digital reader, or you can buy the NFT and then redeem that NFT for a physical book. Um, and then you can sell it on the secondary market, of course, and then we'll have different windows so that in every window, um, if you've sold your book, you've already got the, the physical book and you sell it again on the secondary market, you, that, that second individual can still go ahead and redeem the physical book. So we'll be using mm -hmm. Windows to allow for multiple redemptions after um, the sellout in the secondary market. So the book is basically like, it's this, this turning point in the universe where mankind is first left Earth, you know, probably I think it's six, 7,000 years into the future. And we've settled the cosmos, um, but we've become overly dependent on AI. And there's a civil war between um, a part of humanity that wants to have less control from AI, and then those who want the comfort and control of AI, the comfort of AI. And then the battle ensues, and, we, and basically humanity destroys the AI control. Um, and then so we go into a sort of a dark freedom period. And that gives way to the rise of the Centopoly because those who were left without the comforts and convenience of AI um, control reestablish the Centopoly as kind of the human mechanism that manages the AIs. But what is really true is that Centopoly is just facilitating the metric for the AI. So we've just gone right back to this moment of time. So we thought we, you know, before we started the through line, we wanted to start with this with this, this epic story that kind of introduces how humanity um, got to this point in time where we freed ourselves from AI, but then, you know, created another opportunity for an empire to emerge and then the Centopoly. So it's the first book we're selling um, the story. And then after that, we'll start selling the, um, 
the, the comics that tell the story of the through line for how Hash and the Cypherians try to save humanity from being hooked on the metric. Some uh, sounds like some Black Mirror stuff. You ever seen Black yeah. Mirror? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally influenced by some Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. It's a really cool story, and so I'm I'm intrigued here, and I'm trying to figure out. You guys are basically like creating a I don't even know what you call it, but let's call it like a Disney. But you're creating it like through NFTs slash I guess a book as well. Yeah. Um, you're basically creating a story from scratch. Yeah. And like, eventually this could go into a movie or into a, uh, I don't know, some sort of TV series or something. What is, the, what is the, like, I guess right now you're launching NFTs. Are they of the characters? Yeah. The mm-hmm. NFT will just be the book. Okay. Uh, the book. Yeah. It's actually on Rarible right now. Uh, one of the team just minted it on Rarible. So there's 536 editions available to buy a Rarible. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's basically like we call ourselves a, a multimedia uh, venture so okay. you know um, digital 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 books physical books um the, the through line of the story will be told through nfts which would be your digital comics mm-hmm. um so you'd be able to buy that buy the nft download the pdf similar to the punks comics um and then redeem that for a physical version of the comic as well um and and like our we have a short film launching which introduces the universe which is kind of like a moving comic parallax type thing. So really experimenting and using different digital mediums to tell the story. But yeah, you're bang on. It's kind of like, you know, we would be a Marvel universe, the Avengers universe, um, the, the, the Star Wars universe, except instead of starting with a film, we started with the, the infrastructure of the narrative. um, And then we're building the narrative from there. And our real hopes is that we build um, community around it. So as people come come to enjoy the story that we're creating, you know, we have plans to engage them um, in our Discord, in our community, um, through a, a process we're inventing called story mining, which will have different factions sort of participating in universe um, and competing for the opportunity to tell the story. And hmm. the different factions will have different philosophies, different ways they would approach. Um, the battle against Centopoli. Um, so we see some real cool opportunities to, you know, allow the community to shape the, where the story goes. Uh, so but the community is going to help. The community is going to help sort of build the the story as it goes, kind of thing. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting. That's the, that's the that's the long-term plan. I think probably for the next, you know, for the first three books, I'd say we're probably going to be very centralized. Sure. Um, we'll run events. We have. Uh, um, we're on events, so what would the way we'll test community engagement is through like backstory telling. Like we might say, "Hey, you know this leader of this faction, he's really cool." We're telling the through line his involvement in the story, but hey, open to anyone to invent his backstory. Here's some parameters. Go mm-hmm. tell a backstory, write it, and then what we would do is the winning idea. You know, if somebody's submitting a. Uh, short story with some pictures maybe they collaborate with some teams the community votes up the winning backstory and then we would use our production capabilities that we built to launch the comics and the short films etc to launch uh, what we call a legend version of it so then we would take that individual's idea you know share the revenue with them from the sale of the nft of that backstory but produce it in our style 
in our format. So it has that high production quality that, that, that we'll be known for. Um, but the story would be created by the, a community member and they'd be remunerated um, for their efforts as the winner of the, the legend. It's like, a, it's like an open sourced story, which I yeah. think is kind of mind blowing to me. This is super yeah. cool. I, I want to get into the business models of this, of like what else you're going to sell other than books. But first, this is all Web3 based. There is no revenues or sales or things happening from the Web2 world, is there? None. Wow. Super now, we, yeah, our, our team is, we would be, you know, if you think of centralized decentralization as a scale, we're, we're for more decentralization. Sure. We're deaf, we're for web three. Yeah. Like, you know, we're minting on Ethereum mainnet, you know, we talked, we considered Polygon for a minute, but no, we're pretty, pretty grounded in, uh, you know, we want the most secure platform for, for the product. Right. And, you know, our eyes are on decentralization in the long run, but um, not kidding ourselves that, you know, for the near term, we'll be driving much of the storytelling to make right. sure that people really understand the universe and then, gradually bring the community along the journey until such a time that we feel, hey, this story could be better told by community. I always make a joke to the team that we'll, we'll be the first, I'd like us to be the first um, entity accepting an Academy Award for best film, but it's a DAO. That would be yeah. amazing. That would be Unreal. amazing. This, so I always think about intellectual property and NFTs and how companies like Disney or whatever, or Marvel, like you said, how they're going to use their characters uh, and put them on the blockchain kind of thing. Yeah. Will you, is, I don't really understand what the model is for this. I'm hoping you can kind of give me a framework, but like, do you create IP out of all the characters you're going to create through the story? And like, there's one NFT for those, or there's a collection of NFTs for each character. Like how, do, how are you guys thinking through that? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. We, everything we invent is a net new, um, we spend a lot of time doing it. Like we've been, for example, Malarian, who's the, the lead character for the Centopoli, um, or representing the Centopoli. We've been spending the last six months design, like we've, we've thrown out three designs of her just cause we're not satisfied with the way she's coming out. Um, we've got a good voice actress, as you've heard, that does the voice on the, on the website currently. Um, so yeah, we put a lot of effort. So the IP is really important. Um, so eventually as the characters get designed, you know, we would do one-on-ones with them, but we wouldn't sell them because we, we'd want to retain the ownership within the legends of cypher universe for those main characters. So the IP for us, um, is ours to hold and the stories that we tell, you know, we'll be, we'll be selling them. Um, but the, the characters and the storyline we maintain the intellectual property for, but then when selling, um, the NFTs to the community, obviously they'll be allowed to use their own, um, they'll be do, able to do with, with what they choose with that, uh, with that, with that product. Um, we do plan to have a PFP. It's much later in the roadmap, which sort of waiting for the technology to evolve because we want to, we want our PFPs to be more, um, what's the right, like more like when you build a character in a game. So as you engage in our universe, you're, you know, if you've got um, um, a character from the Techno Mages, which is one of our factions, because that's your favorite faction. So you went and bought uh, a PFP of a, of a, of a Techno Mage, um, but you build that Techno Mage by engaging with us. So, you know, you might uh, participate in a community call five times. And that gets you, 
a new modification for your techno maids that can be added. So we want a, a sort of fungible, non-fungible kind of um, PFP so that our, our community can create a character that they can grow and evolve with, sort of like when you're gaining XP in a, mm. with a game character. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of watching the market and how the technology is evolving there. Uh, we don't want to build it from scratch. We want to see what gets uh, built in the market. There's some interesting, interesting yeah. progress there. So is the future of this going to be a game? Will you like, is that, is that or something to do with the metaverse? Or you know, what it's you, funny, what everyone, that's what everyone says. It's like, so you're, you're going to be a game? No, <laughs> we might. We haven't thought that far. Um, we've really only thought as far as every, you know, every community member being able to create their own character um, and evolve it. But yeah, it could very well become some sort of game. Um, we do have this idea, this, the, fa- the different factions. So um, there's four different factions in the universe that kind of take up arms, if you will, against the Centopoli that follow and support Hash and the Siberians to um, free humankind from um, the, the clutches of the Centopoli's metric. Um, and we want, we want our communities to collaborate in these factions um, to, to um, help tell the story. Because if you're kind of aligned to the Technomage faction, you'll sort of have an idea, a philosophy, an ethos that will guide how you think we should win against the, um, the Centopoli versus the Signs of Ogo, which are more military-based um, sort of organization that might want to use might. So we're sort of playing with this idea of different te- of teams forming together, not so much the individual, but the gaming aspect, um, sort of something we're aware of, but we haven't given much thought to. So hopefully the community, since they all seem to want it, will come and like inspire a gamification of it Right. I was just going to say, it's kind of going to be up to the community, isn't it? Right. Like those that are joining, they're going to sort of lead the direction of it. Um, This is fascinating. This is, this is really cool. Um, I just want to be clear three years ago, you were working at a bank, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just, just check it there. Holy. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) man. It's like, uh, Some people think I went nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see. That's so funny. You went down the rabbit hole for sure. No, but this is incredible. And I'm excited. This is, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about this and he launched VFriends, which is the same thing, not the same thing, but similar where he's trying to create characters of a story and become sort of like a Disney. Um, And I'm I'm really interested to see how Web3 do this because it just, it creates the ability to have this IP and to have it community led and sort of open sourced. Um, Yeah. I think this is going to be huge uh, and I feel like everything's going to lead to games, but that's, uh, that's yeah, yeah. my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. We're all gamers. I've got, I've got, I've got to ask Devin, cause I think, you know, something that you clearly have an incredible ability of uh, is the ability to make community in web three, the ability to yeah. find projects to work on. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, the number of things you've been involved with in such a short period of time. And I think that's one thing that a lot of our listeners and community are there, you know, we're, we're trying to onboard so many people to web three and they're sitting there thinking, you know, how do I get involved in a project? How do I get involved in the community? So we'd love to hear sort of from you, what would be your advice to our listeners who are looking for something and thinking? About yeah. It? Yeah. I mean, uh, do some, do some recent, well, do, do, I think there's, there's the good news is there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of research and write-ups out there now that kind of 
give you overviews of the different DAOs available, what they do. So that's really exciting. But the best way is you just got to get in there and find your way. You know, a good DAOs like Bankless was great for this. They had people that were just really good at onboarding people. Like, you know, if you're if you're in a jump in a DAO that's out, do a little bit of research in the DAO, you know, go through their startup page, make sure you, it's it's a mission vision you're interested in. Um, you know, validate for yourself that it looks like a community you could get involved with and, you know, just do that by just listening, watching. But then, like, put yourself out there. Try to be discovered because good DAOs have good leaders that will be watching for people who are trying to contribute. And if you're doing, if you're struggling to contribute, good DAOs will have leaders that will help you through that and guide you into a productive engagement. So I think it's really finding one that you, think you'll like, and then put yourself on the line a little bit. You got to prove your, that's what I love about this space. You know, you're trading up, applying for a job and going through the process of being evaluated based on a couple of interactions to, well, you put yourself out there and you either show up and make it or you don't, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a different model. For me, it's a, it's a worthwhile trade-off when right. you're kind of your, your own, your own agent and, and it's really up to you and your capabilities. This is in Discord you're talking about, right? Yeah, find a doubt in Discord. Right. So this is what's this is what's so interesting is if you look at like the real world, right? I mean, pre-internet, we used to have to go to store to store or business to business and hand in a resume. Right. And the internet allowed us to like go to website to website and email in a resume. And now it's like you just go into Discord instead of like emailing or contacting a store, you just literally go into the business and you see yes. what's going on, what they're building, and you yeah. just start contributing. And you exactly. can just do this with a million businesses all at once in Discord. This is why Discord is so amazing, in my opinion. Yeah. And you just start contributing. And eventually yeah. you find your place or your role in one of these things that you're contributing. And if you stand yeah. out, and if you provide enough, uh, enough skill, um, well it's said. incredible, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I really like your example of the, the, the difference between the typical interviewing process and <laughs> yeah. the, yeah. the way to get involved now, Devin. That's, yeah. that's great. Uh, yeah. And I, I also think it's one thing that I think, and, and maybe you can speak to this is I do find though that a lot of people maybe aren't um, as comfortable in discord, right? You know, yeah. they maybe don't have that. So what would be your advice to somebody who's sort of maybe more comfortable on the sidelines? They don't want to be, uh, they don't have that, um, that confidence to just like get out there and put out their opinion. Uh, yeah. How would you, how would you tell somebody like that to get involved? Yeah, find somebody, find a leader that you think you could talk to and DM them. I, had, I definitely had a couple of folks that um, DM'd me when I was um, when I was leading the marketing guild in in the Bankless DAO, um, just as just for advice. Hey, how can I get involved? So you know, if you're not comfortable talking in a big group, um, or you're not getting, or maybe you are talking in a big group, but you're not really getting attention. Look for somebody you respect you think um, could help you. Just put yourself out there that way. Just reach mm -hmm. out. And, and I guarantee you, if, if it's somebody you're watching in the Discord and you think that is somebody I'd like to help me, chances are they're going to respond um, to, your D, to your DM. So, yeah, man, don't be afraid to reach out and get to just see if somebody will help you. I mean, I, I, I loved it when people would reach out and ask mm -hmm. for some personal assistance because, you know, it's easier to guide somebody in a one-on-one -on -one conversation that it is 
mm-hmm. when they just joined the marketing guild meeting for a week and didn't say anything. Just I, I don't know, don't know how to get them engaged. But you know, yeah. d- dialogue for me is always a big one. Just find somebody to talk to. Find your find your frog monkey. Find your frog. <laughs> uh, so as we wrap up here, Jay, I know you want to do so, a speed round of questions, but real quick in the chat here in Discord, I just want to read out what um, there's a Jeremy here wrote. My wife loves fiction books, but she doesn't get NFTs. This is the first project I've seen that I think would get her excited to check out the space and be involved in a community. Um, so it's really cool to see, you know, other things other than DeFi or, you know, Bitcoin to onboard people into the space. And it can just be a story, yeah. right? Which is really, really cool. Um, but I think, Jay, you want to run some, uh, some rapid fire questions. Uh, so, Devin, if you're, if you're ready for that, we're going to fire oh, away. Yeah. How does that sound? Sounds good. I need and like also, a, uh, I, I, quick, uh, so yeah, everything that we launch, we're going to allow to be read. So she'll be able to read the Rue 36 story. That's our first book. Um, on a digital reader, go through the website, engage in the Discord if, if desired. But yeah, the, the book and the contents for free. The NFT is for people like us that kind of know what ownership means, right? Mm. And this awesome. launches Thursday, right? Thursday, yeah. Okay, everyone, we'll have it in the show notes, uh, whether you're watching on YouTube or Spotify or whatever, they'll be in the description and you can check out the website there. Sweet. Okay, let's get into the speed round. Uh, Let's start with this. Uh, best thing you've purchased recently for under one hundred dollars? Uh, under one hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, NFT wise, anything. Oh, um, but I like that your mind obviously yeah, yeah. stuck to Web three. I'll say. Uh, I'll say. Uh, I bought an Eververse hoverboard. Oh, sweet! Nice. Yeah, yeah. I bought that. Um, Bought that a few months back and I've been getting some offers. So, and they're pretty sweet. They're pretty sweet. Yeah. They have reverse hoverboard. Okay. I think you got to change that question to, uh, we we don't denominate in dollars anymore. We denominate in ETH. All right. So you're going to have to ask that in under like 0.001 ETH. So wait, for, for the, for listeners out there who don't know what that is, tell, tell, tell them what that is. Eververse is uh, Eververse. They've launched some hoverboards. So I, I, Eververse is basically um, a metaverse um, platform that, uh, and they've launched all these hoverboards. That's all I know. I just kind of read about it and like that sounds cool. And the hoverboards looked awesome. And I was in the mood for buying NFTs, so I picked up a few. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, favorite Web three protocol. I mean, besides Ethereum, is that yeah. obvious? Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, you know, I have to say Get because my next venture, you know, guys know Get Protocol. No, uh, I've heard that's, of it, but I don't know. I'm not familiar. Yeah, like- it's a Web three Web three ticketing platform. Mm-hmm. So they're basically um, building ticketing on the blockchain, but um, not just on the blockchain. So it's you know, uh, it's what I call a Web two point five provider. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you, you can basically, if you're in the ticketing business, which we're getting a uh, partner mine and getting into, um, you can launch soup to nuts, an entire ticketing platform. Um, and they're moving to decentralization and you can mint your, your tickets on the blockchain. Um, so yeah, get protocols, my favorite right now. Sweet. Cool. Uh, weirdest or strangest DAO. 
that you've heard Mr. Strangest Dow. Oh my gosh. I'm pulling up my Discord right now. Have a look. <laughs> it's a good way to do it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, women and weapons. There's one called Women and Weapons. I um I can't say weird or strange, but different, right? Like they're they, you know, like they got they popped 246 notifications. So there's been a lot of activity since I've been there. But um, <laughs> yeah, for me that was fun because you know, um, the the God is a woman um nft community became very popular and then i found it interesting that these these ladies from portugal launched this cool idea of women with weapons um as a way to kind of yeah tell a different sort of story about women but uh, yeah that was weird and strange i haven't quite figured what they're all about yet so <laughs> I, could call them I could call them weird and strange for now but i do i do want to cool cool okay any any final thoughts to share before we wrap up um yeah no i mean yeah i'd say like for me that web three has become kind of a, a philosophy like um it's become a bit of a life purpose and you know and, and for people that want to get into it you know there's there's lots of people that are just trying to make money in the space watch out for them you don't have to spend a lot of time here to figure out the difference between the people that are here to make money and the people that are here like you guys that are here to make a community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this, for me, if I think of the future of business, it's community. Mm -hmm. um, and this is such a great supportive community, right? So yeah, I think um, you embrace the community side of Web3 more than anything, as much as it's a far superior internet than the one that is currently holding monopoly over so many people, like far superior on so many levels. What's actually really great about it is the fact that it's a community of people that have similar, similar values and, and operate on similar principles. So yeah, embrace that. Awesome. Awesome. And for, for those listeners out there that want to hear more about your, your philosophies and your projects, where can they find you online? Um, where can they find me? Yeah. Mostly in discord, Devin underscore S. Um, um, I can't, I can't hear my Twitter handles at Devin Sawyer. Um, so you can follow me. I don't tweet much, but um, yeah, I had, I had a couple of websites that was, I was sort of trying to promote my own sort of advising consulting practice, but I just got too busy with projects that, you know, I, all my, all my web properties are my projects. So yeah, go to legendsofcypher.io, buy the Maru 36 NFT. That's where you'll find me. There you go. Love it. Devin, thanks awesome. so much for, uh, for joining us. This was great. It's, uh, it's really interesting to hear someone who just has so quickly gotten as deep as you can get basically down the yeah. hole, uh, and <laughs> has just transitioned so quickly too, which I think is what a lot of people are trying to do. So it's great to hear yeah, yeah. your story and how you're doing that and just seeing that it's working. So I uh, appreciate yeah. you coming on and, and sharing that. Appreciate you guys having me and uh, we'll stay in touch. That was great. Thanks, Devin. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy. We hope this helps you along your Web3 journey. If it does, please share this episode and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. By the way, if you have yet to join the Discord community, you are missing out. This is where all the magic happens. This is where we learn, where we ask questions, where we network. Uh, you want to be in there. The link to join is in the description below. And finally, a quick disclaimer. Nothing in this podcast was financial advice. 
Crypto and Web3 can be risky. You can literally lose it all. In fact, if you invest on account of what we say, you probably will lose it all. So don't do that. In all honesty, the point of this podcast is to remove the noise of markets and price and focus on utility and implementation anyway. So you should not take any of this as financial advice. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.